What is going on, everybody? This is Brian Turner here with another episode of the No Stress Midwest podcast. Uh, this season, special edition, we're doing a Black Excellence Month, highlighting some of the uh, the the people in, in the game that are playing that can share their views, kind of share their experiences. Uh, the, the guests all have different backgrounds. They're playing in different areas. Uh, today, we're lucky enough to have someone international. Um, Passport mommy over here, Ellie Jean, is in the Netherlands. Yeah. Ellie, how is it going? It's going great. How are you? I am doing pretty good. It's a, it's a cold morning here in Kansas you City. Well. The Chiefs are, are playing for a Super Bowl mm -hmm. later mm -hmm. today, so I decided I, I will wear red uh, okay. just because I'm here. Yeah. Um, okay. But, you know, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a nice day. We got some Premier Premier League on. Yep. Liverpool plays today. Yep. 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 Where's your money? That. Where's your money on that game? Liverpool or Man City? I mean, it's always going to be on Liverpool, but we've been struggling Ooh. a little bit. Okay. Agree. And, and I think everybody understands that and we're willing to, we're willing to understand that and accept what might happen today. I love it. You can only go up from here. So I'm I'm hoping for a good result. We'll see. There we go. That's a, a very um good answer there. Very yeah. good answer. Keeping it pretty general. Yeah, general. <laughs> there we go. Keeping it very general. Yeah. Um so Ellie, uh Ellie and I got connected. She is teammates with one of our season two guests, Maddie Nolf. Um, and for people that, that were listening then. Maddie was the one that probably had energy that was coming out of the headphones and it was coming right there in front of you. You could see it. You could feel it. Um, Maddie's now here in Kansas City uh, with Casey Woso. I, I hate saying that name, but they're getting a real name soon. Formerly Utah Royals. Um, and you and Maddie played at Penn State together, correct? Yep. yep. So, oh, go ahead. Ahead of me. A year ahead of you. Was she super nice or was she one um, of the mean girls? No, she was a mean girl. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, was, man. Maddie, Maddie. <laughs> no, she was one of the greatest teammates um, I could have asked for, honestly. Her energy was so um, contagious. Yeah. She, she just, you can tell she just loves the game of soccer and she just loves playing. Um, so it was, it was always great to be around her. Um, and, and yeah, I loved playing with her. She was great. She's a great person, great human, great player. So I, it was certainly a privilege to be able to play with her and obviously be at Penn state with her for four years. So it was awesome. Yeah. So now do you two stay in, in touch much now? Do you stay in touch with a lot of the, your former national championship teammates? Yeah. Yeah. I have a few like really close friends that I'm in touch with more often, but right. we have like a little, uh, like text message group that will keep each other updated on stuff, which is nice. Um, but yeah, me and Maddie keep in touch a bit. She was wondering if she could maybe come and play over here at some point. So she was just asking for some tips about how to get started with all of that. Cause I mean, especially within the women's game, it's kind of bizarre, like how you can end up somewhere and you know, the agent world, yeah, it's, it's all kind of craziness and chaos. So, um, I <clears throat> reaching out to former teammates that I played with or people being like, how can I get here? Or how can I get there? So 
um, we have a lot of connection with that. But yeah, I think she's doing great. We keep in touch, probably not as often as I would like, but it's it's weird with the timing and I'm sure. hours ahead of just East Coast time. So like, right. it's kind of hard to keep in touch with a lot of people. Um, but yeah, yeah, we talk, a, we talk a little bit. I'm always commenting on her um, Instagram post because she just got a dog as well. Yep. Or maybe not just got, but a recent. A big, yeah, she's got, yeah. Yeah, she's got one. Um, she's got an adorable Instagram. Yeah. So, yes. And I'm like, always like, you need to get Sam an Instagram. Like, he's doing cool things. He's he moved with you now to Kansas. Like, you need to yeah. get him an Instagram. Yeah. So he, I've been pressing he, on her to do that, but we'll see. <laughs> well, uh, I'll see if I can kind of hit her from another angle and, yeah, and push awesome. the dog IG. He's so cute, um, right? Yeah. No, he is. Um, Mm-hmm. Okay, so Ellie, let's jump into it. I like the Puma yeah. shirt. Low key flex. Uh, Ellie's a sponsor. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm repping my sponsor. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, so talk to yeah. us a little about you, but talk to us about little Ellie, right? Okay. So, so Ellie sent me, yeah, I asked her to send me some promo pictures. Uh-huh. And everyone sends me the cool, you know, US national team professional pictures ellie sends like u9 running <laughs> running with, with like you know you can see the orange peel slices yeah. in the grass still mm-hmm. uh sends me some old school pictures the, too big of shin guards oh of course yeah, of yeah. course the ones that came um, above your knee so yeah. talk to talk to us about yeah. where you grew up well uh, what was soccer like what was the dynamic like and all that stuff yeah, so I grew up in Coventry, Connecticut, lived there my entire life. I was born in um, Chattanooga, Tennessee, but moved to Connecticut shortly after that. Um, so yeah, I was raised there for all my life, loved it. Um, it's quite farmy and very rural. Like there's, you can't really do much. <laughs> so sports was always kind of my thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved it. Um, and then I started playing there was this guy in our town, like calling up everybody in the town and was like, Hey, do you have a kid? Do they want to play soccer? Come to this tryout. And that's kind of how it all started. So kind of a funny Look at that thing. guy. Yeah. Thanking that guy for sure. But yeah, uh, right. yeah. And, and now look where I am. So I'm really happy that I got, you know, involved in playing, but my, my mom, uh, she was a single mom for a long time, but she uh, works at UConn. Okay. And she was an academic advisor for a lot of the collegiate sports and specifically men's soccer. So in the fall, we were always at the games. Yeah. That was like kind of, I remember that distinctly growing up, always like Friday nights, we were going to the UConn men's soccer games. That's awesome. Um, so that was really fun. And I think just being around all of that. And then she ends up marrying my stepdad, who is, was the assistant coach for the men's team. So sort of funny, but yeah, I've always been around soccer. Um, yeah. and yeah, so I question, just so grew, grew into loving it. So if, if it wasn't soccer, let's say this guy called you up and said field hockey or basketball, right? Something else. Do you think yeah. that were you just waiting? Was Ellie just waiting for a sport and then it's like, I'm going to be great at this? Or did it just so happen that soccer was the one that did it for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I do think there were some outside influences, of course, with my family connection and all of that and just being exposed at such a young age. But I 
did a lot of other sports too. Before um, soccer, I was a gymnast. Okay. But I didn't love it because it was so individual. Like yeah. you're still as a team, but like I was a very anxious kid and I didn't like people watching me. I didn't like doing my own routines by myself. Like that was not my thing. So gymnastics I kind of quit that. Pretty quick. Yeah. No, but I did love it. And I made really great, like long-term friends there. And you know, that was great, but right. no, couldn't handle that. Um, and then even playing soccer, so in high school, they have a rule where you can't like play two sports in one season of the same sport. Yeah. Right. So yep. I was trying to figure out, oh, well, what am I going to do? Because now I'm getting kind of good <sighs> at soccer and at the um, academy that I grew up at, uh, there was like the boys academy. And I was like, well, I could play with them in the fall because right. my team didn't exist because there was soccer in the fall. So, um, I was like, okay, well I could play with the Academy in the fall, but then I was like, but I still want to be involved like in my school a bit. And I didn't really know how to do that, but I ran cross country. So, um, yeah, I ran cross country in middle school a little bit, but I just happened to have really good lungs. Um, so I decided to do that, like to stay involved with the local community. Um, and that was really great, but it was also really individual Exactly. So I didn't love it as much as, as soccer. So yeah, soccer always stuck. And, and it was kind of just by chance that I ended up at a good club in Connecticut. And then I got invited to some of like the youth national team, like training camps in my area. Right. Now was that through ODP or how did those events come about? Yeah. So I was at a club called Northeast United Mm-hmm. And then my mom approaches me one day. Oh my God, I'm going to thank her for this always. But like being little me, I was like, no, I don't want to go anywhere else. I just want to stay at the club where I'm comfortable, where I have all my friends. Right. So she approaches me one day and she's like, so like, are you seriously thinking about like pursuing soccer? Like maybe collegiately, because right. I think you need to go to a better club, basically. Like you just need to keep continuing to get better if maybe yeah. you want to go and play in college or whatever. So then there was this club called Oakwood Soccer in Connecticut. And they were basically like the best club in Connecticut. And I knew, I knew that she was going to say that you should go try out for Oakwood. And I was like, no, I'm never going to make it first off. I feel like the girls are mean. Like, I don't know. You're just young. Yeah, you're, you're, You're talking yourself out of it, making up whatever excuse you can. So you don't have to do it. I got you. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, so I ended up trying out, make the squad ball my eyes out. <laughs> my mom doesn't let me go back to NEU. <laughs> she makes me go to Oakwood. Um, and then from there, I had a really great coach. His name was Matt Cameron. Um, and he kind of, you know, started me on my whole soccer journey. So I'll give him credit for that because he was a, a very inspiring coach. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea that there were even youth teams. Like I was really just trying to play for fun. Right, right. And then I was in about eighth grade. And then I started learning that there were youth national teams and about how like you can get called up to that. And I had no idea. I was just playing for fun, doing my own thing. Right. Um, But yeah, my my club coach at that time would just yell at me every day about something I was doing wrong on the field every day. And I like couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, mom, I want to leave and da-da-da-da, I'm not good enough, da-da-da-da. So then I remember 
after my fresh, so my freshman year in high school, I would get home from school and all I would do is go in the back before training, like in my, in my backyard uh, and just uh, juggle for hours, hours. Like I can't even tell you how long, two to three hours a day, honestly, yeah. because I was so upset that my coach yeah. would yell at me so much for not being good enough. Um, and yeah, through that, and then obviously learning how to self-train, I ended up, you know, getting called to some of the youth camps that we had in, in our region. And then eventually from there, before I know it, I was going to, you know, some of the youth national team camps. So it really kind of came randomly. Like it was never one of my original goals, I guess I would say until I was educated on all of that. Yeah. So I'm actually pretty thankful for that, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was a great, great growing up story. <laughs> so, okay. I, a lot of things to kind of break down here. One, I too can relate to the story of like having to leave your old, your friends, right. To go, whoops, go to a better team. I, I did that in high school. Yeah. Um, and I kind of had a, maybe a different effect where, yeah, I was on this, this really good team, but I hated it. Like they, it made me hate hate the game um because we were doing it every day at the time you could still do high school and club um so i would go to high school practice and then turn around and go to a club practice um so it was it was a lot uh but i needed to do that right and i'm glad i did no regrets there um but then also let's kind of talk about as you were were starting right you being a um growing up in a single family household right so your mom is white and your dad is black correct yes Um, biological father yeah so and connecticut in a very rural area like you described uh i'm guessing there probably weren't too many too many black people there right so (laughs) what was it like and then and then now you're you're an all-star athlete right like a hot shot you're athletic so it's like oh, the black girl that's here is just really good at sports and, you know, whatever. And not, I'm obviously not putting that on you, but right. you, mm-hmm. you've heard it. I've heard it. Um, so what was, what was that like? How did that weigh on you? If, if at all, did it prepare you for now or just kind of let's unpack that? Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, I was probably one of like seven kids growing up that were black in my mm-hmm. like entire middle school and high school. Um, so there weren't many of us, but I mean, I was pretty fortunate, fortunate enough to feel like I was never treated differently or blatantly like discriminated against because of the color of my skin. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was certainly interesting growing up and trying, trying to like walk that line of like, oh, I'm, I'm not white enough, but then, oh, I'm not black enough because I am biracial. So Um, I was always like, okay, well, I don't really fit in with the white kids here. But then I was like, but I don't really fit in with the black kids here either. Like where, where am I, how do I fit in to everything in all of this? Um, but yeah, I, again, I never was felt blatantly like I was discriminated against, but I certainly, there were certainly instances where I knew I was different. Um, whether that be, from kids. I don't know. It was a huge thing for all the white kids to be using the N word for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that was, that was really interesting it, yeah. to me. 
Um, yeah. And I was just like, oh, that's weird. And but, then, and then what happens, right? They, they all say it and then they all look at you like, what's yeah. Ellie going to do? What's and Brian going to do? And I'm yeah. like, and, and now I wish I would have said something, but right. now I know a lot more. Whereas yeah. then those are my friends and, and I feel like they never meant any harm either, but for they sure. For sure. Know, you know, they didn't know also the baggage behind that word. So that was interesting, but yeah, I I grew up with mainly my mother and my mother's whole side of the family. So everyone's white. Mm. So I never really even had, you know, that upbringing of <clears throat> knowing my Dominican heritage or really knowing my Dominican side. Um, so I even kind of viewed myself as white. Like I knew I wasn't, but like right. I still and just you didn't have, in with that because yeah, that's all yeah. I knew. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it certainly got near around like high school where I really started like realizing and kind of being treated like, oh, I'm, I'm not white. Like mm. this, <laughs> this is no longer yeah, working yeah, anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, just a lot of instances like, like that using the N word or particularly I was really good at sports. So then all my friends were like, oh, well, she's so fast. Cause she's black. Oh, mm. she's an athlete. Cause she's black and all of that. And I'm like, Okay, but that's like kind of racist to say. <laughs> Have you heard? Did did they ever tell you the uh the extra muscle thing, where it's oh like my God. you have extra muscle in your leg? Or, no, the extra bone. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. an extra man, and I was like, was like, wait, do I have? Right, like where where did that? I don't know. <laughs> and how come no one else has ever said that? Is it I true? Know. Is it yeah. Not? yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really interesting, but um. Yeah, I feel like ever since, you know, kind of realizing that I'm biracial and how do I fit into that? I've been kind of on this journey to figure out like how I fit in for myself, like how I myself view myself and want to identify, but also like within society. Um, So, yeah, ongoing journey. Very much still on it. Such is life, right? Every, yeah. I mean, we're all getting smarter. We're all, or at least trying to, we're all right. striving to get better every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as long as, and you kind of said it, you wish that when you were hearing these things as a kid, like that you would have said something, yeah. but at that time you didn't know. Now, yeah, now you know, like, right. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Right. I'm like, okay, but that's not okay. <laughs> this doesn't make me feel, this doesn't make me feel as cool as, as you, yeah. as you feel. All right. Yeah. Are you ready to take your game to the next level? Trust the process and sign up for No Stress Midwest training today at www.nostressmidwest.com slash training. No Stress Midwest primarily offers training for soccer players on the individual, group, and team settings of all ages and skill sets. Our training is customized for the player And our goal in doing that is to continue to grow the love of the game, build a personal desire to want to develop, and create the chance and choice for the player to play at the next level. We have developed a unique solution here at No Stress Midwest Training, showing our clients that you can have fun while still getting better. By creating a unique training environment customized to the player, we feel that not only are we able to get the most out of the individual by creating a no-stress environment, but we are also teaching them fundamentals that they can carry off the field and apply in their everyday life. Visit our website at www.nostressmidwest.com backslash training and sign up for your first session today.
Um, yeah. And, and you also touched on another good point that I think is something that's, you know, in the black community is you, you brought it like, where do I fit in? Right. And, you know, there's as much as there's still racial tensions everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the black community, it's like uh, the lighter skin versus darker skin battle. Right. Or yeah. if I won't say battle, but conversation. Right. Yeah. Um, and and I was, you know, I'm full African-American black yeah. and I would get made fun of for acting white. Right. And yeah. so it was like. I would wouldn't fit in with the black kids because I I didn't act black. Well, you didn't sound like it. Right. I didn't sound like black. Right. And then I would go with the white kids and they'd be like, yo, you're black, you know, not in that sense, but it was like, yeah. So it was uh, for me, like, where do I fit in? Who, who's rocking with me? Um, And I think that a lot of us, because they're, it's individual based, like you went through it. I went through it and of course other people are, but I don't know if it's enough of us where it's like, we can talk in high school. Right. It's like, yeah. not until you become comfortable with yourself do you, that we can speak about it. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like that just takes time. Like even now I really haven't talked about it as much. Well, specifically with all of the racial tensions going on in the United States that have happened over the last year. Yeah, I really started to be more vocal about it, but not before then. Right so even now, like I just turned 24, but like I'm, I was 23 when I really started to be like, oh, like, okay, this can be talked about and I feel more comfortable now. Yeah. But why, me 23 why? Years. why do you think you felt more comfortable now? Um, yeah, I just feel like I'm much more confident in knowing who I am. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that just takes time. In high school, you got no idea what's up or down. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and even still now, sometimes I don't know what's up and down. But yeah, um, I'm certainly more confident. In college, I had the opportunity to take a lot of um, social justice classes. I took a lot of feminist classes. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly learning about the racial divide and everything like that. So just that knowledge made me more confident as well. And learning how other people spoke out and you know it's not always academia like it can be however you see fit and that's you speaking out right um and yeah i i just did a lot of research myself actually like i had to learn how to do my hair Mm -hmm. like my mom didn't know how to do my hair i had to do learn how to do my own hair yeah um so i went through like that whole phase so yeah i feel like um, especially within the last year, I didn't want to stay silent just because of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I certainly feel like I got more confident in just being me and that's who I am. And, um, realizing like that there is no place, but here that's where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, so, and it's, to me, it's, interesting right high school and everything up to high school maybe even college it's a popularity contest and it's about not standing out it's about fitting in you want to be like every whatever everyone else is doing that's what you want to be doing so you're not that that person right and the people that weren't part of that the ones that were like those outliers they would get bullied made fun of And then as you get older and more mature, you realize it's not about fitting in to do what everyone else is. It's 
who am I? What what makes me unique? Right. And then you realize those kids were ahead of the game. They were they they knew that being their own individuals was what it was like, you know. And and I, I think that that's something that needs to change on a younger level, right? With the youth, being yourself is cool yeah. and it's dope. Like yeah, exactly. Be you. For sure. Be you. So okay, Penn State. Talk to me about your time there. Um, what was different maybe with the, the background of, was it college, is it College Station? Is that where? Uh, no. Uh, is that, what is it? It's just State College. State College, sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> I had to think of that. Yeah, <laughs> my bad. So what was different between Penn State area and Connecticut? What was the soccer landscape like with your team, were there more black people on your team now, more people like you that you could relate to? How did you get involved with social justice that you kind of mentioned while you were, while at your time at Penn State? Yeah. So yeah, very similar landscape to growing up. Uh, Penn State is a predominantly white school. So um, it felt normal to me to be there and mostly see white faces. That's what I was used to growing up. So, you know, I was being recruited a lot of places, but it wasn't really an issue for me that I saw white faces all the time. That was what I was used to. So, so yeah, so I, I go to Penn state and yeah, I mean, I had a great four years academically and, you know, or five, um, but also with my team, um, yeah, some of the best memories. So on my team, specifically within my freshman group that came in, there were two of us. So mm-hmm. myself and my good friend, <coughs> she was also, um, no, she wasn't biracial. Was she? No, she wasn't. Um, she was also black. And then there were two other girls that I can think of at the moment, Selena and Ebal, who were also black, who who um, it was nice to relate to. So yeah, I had never been on a team yet until then that, you know, had more than one or two black girls. So that was quite nice that it seemed like there was a little bit more diversity. Um, And yeah, it was great to kind of learn from them. And I specifically actually when all of the stuff over the past year that's been going on racially, me, TCP, and Selena were actually talking a bunch together. And I would ask them a thousand questions just about, you know, what's going on because I don't know. There's still things that I don't know that they do know. So, uh, yeah, it's been great. It was great to have that little community. Um, but yeah, I still felt different, but I don't think that'll ever change. (laughs) No. And, and that's, that is, it's not going to, and I think it's, How do you cope with that? How do you become, how do you find that normal in that, you know, in that different? Yeah. See, I guess. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, the best way to cope with it, I don't know, I guess was to kind of ignore it for me. I don't know. I still considered myself kind of white, so I kind of did what I could, but no, I made a lot of great friends and, you know, there were some instances that, you know, still made me feel othered or, or I have to date a black guy. Like that was a big thing. Like we had another, so it was like us freshman girls, 
on the soccer team and the freshman guys on the soccer team. And then everyone thought that the two black people like have to date. Right. right. And I was like, oh, that's weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's like an arranged marriage. <laughs> why? Or yeah. Like, why yeah. Would be like that. So yeah. um, that was interesting. But yeah, again, I, I have been privileged to never experience like outright racism, at mm-hmm. least that I've been aware of. So that's really great. Um, I guess one instance that I still remember was after the Charlotte uh, riots. Yeah, Charlottesville. Yeah. yeah, Charlottesville. So we actually had to play Virginia, I think the next weekend or something. Oh, geez. And um, yeah. we go there and that's all I can think about. And right. I'm sure all, you know, the other diverse girls could think about. But um, we never addressed it. Like the coaches never addressed it as a team. We never like we ignored it like it didn't even happen. Yeah. But like now I'm like literally in the environment where five days ago there were like Nazi supporters walking down. The, like that's bizarre. How do you not talk about that? Right. Right. And in so, any sense, who cares if you're, if you're black or any, like yeah. that's just some crazy stuff that happened. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Bizarre. Yeah. So, but then it's just like going back to like the privileged, like where you don't have to talk about that. Like it doesn't affect you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're there in Charlottesville and you can go about your day and not think about it because it's not affecting you directly. Yeah. So that's what I think a big thing of it was. But yeah, I do still remember that a lot today. But yeah, I mean, overall, I had a great five years at Penn State. I loved it. I took a lot of classes to educate myself on a lot of things. <laughs> so th- this is why I'm confident here today and can, can speak the way I do. But there we go. But no, no, I and it's it was just still my journey of growing up. Like I was still growing up. I'm s- still but especially within college and being around such a large student body and diverse people everywhere you look, maybe not a hundred percent diversity, but there were plenty of different people of plenty of different backgrounds. So it was different than Coventry, Connecticut. Yes, exactly. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So yes. Are you a student that's struggling a little bit with the hybrid and virtual learning and looking to get just a little more help academically? Or are you a parent that has a child who's struggling to keep that same level of discipline and rigor that they had in the classroom at home? If any of these apply to you, check out No Stress Midwest Education, an academic tutoring service where we offer both in-person and virtual tutoring. One of the things that separates us from others is that all of our tutors are board certified educators in Kansas and Missouri in a variety of specialty topics and familiar with the latest curriculum in school districts around the metro area. We are passionate about helping students achieve their goals in the classroom and also committed to helping students build the necessary skills and tools they will need in the future to succeed on their own. Our team follows the latest guidelines from the CDC. We require masks for all in-person tutoring to protect both the student and the tutor. Our tutors will either travel to your home or meet at a predetermined location to conduct all in-person tutoring sessions. All we need is a space for learning and we're ready to go. At No Stress Midwest, we truly believe in developing the well-rounded student athlete. No Stress Midwest does not tell you what to think, but teaches you how to think. No Stress Midwest Education, an academic tutoring service. For more information, 
Visit www.nostressmidwest.com backslash education. <laughs> um, but I think you said something that that is a is a big point that needs to be said. And you said when you when you were going to Charlottesville, right, to play Virginia, you would go about with your day after because it didn't affect you directly. And I think that is kind of how this how racism continues to stay on, right? And and not right. pointing you out, of course, right. but it's if it doesn't affect you, you're like, oh man, that's their that's their problem. Oh, that's you know whatever. Yeah. I'm still things are good in my city, so who cares about that, right? And mm -hmm. and I think when you start to sweep that under the rug as a country, right? Everyone's oh, it's not my area, it's not my area, and then it does become your area. And then it's, oh my God, what, how could, you know, and it's this, this big uproar. And it's like, dude, have you not been watching the news? Like watching the news? Yeah. Like what did you expect? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and you, you know, tolerate it, it by not denouncing it. Exactly. When you're not saying anything, you're like tolerating it. You're, you're letting it. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal exactly. for me to speak out. And, you know, it could, you could say it started with Charlottesville. Those, you know, I don't know if you want to say peaceful riots, but whatever, it was. And then it goes up to the Capitol storming, right? Where then it wasn't so, you know, so it, yeah. it has an effect, right? And I right. think by not speaking up on it, the people who have the platform to, we're just sweeping it under the rug and saying, hey, that's the next generation's problem. Right. Um, okay, so, all right, you finish up at Penn State, you then you end up in the Netherlands. All right. And what, what's that like? How did you end up there? What club are you with? Do you have an agent? Did they get you the Puma deal? Do you like sleep in Puma sheets? What, how, how did <laughs> break it all down for us? Yes. So I finished my last season at Penn state in the fall of 2019. Mm -hmm. And then I always knew I wanted to play overseas. Um, just like a goal of mine. Yeah. Um, just learning tactically, you know, they play so different over here. So just, you know, gaining that soccer knowledge and even life experience living somewhere else on my own across mm -hmm. the world. I don't know. I thought that was, would be kind of fun. Yeah. So I always knew I wanted to come overseas. Um, and basically all the places that I, so I was in Denmark before this. Okay. Um, and then so I was in Denmark and COVID hit and then I found PSV and then I ended up in the Netherlands. So I was in Denmark and I actually found that just through a connection I had with someone at Penn state, Tiffany Weimer, she played there a while before I did. Mm -hmm. um, but she had played in Denmark and then I was talking to her about wanting to play overseas. Cause she's from Connecticut. She, she's a coach at Oakwood. So, okay. Okay. Um, yep. So then I'm like, Oh, I want to play overseas, but I don't even know like where to begin, how to, to start. start. Yeah. I didn't, you didn't Google, agent. you didn't do a Google search and American that girl connection kind of happened just through knowing people. Yeah. <laughs> so that connection just, uh, occurred through knowing Tiff and Tiff yeah. reached out to the head coach, uh, in Denmark. And then I ended up there. So I was at FCN for about two months, but then COVID hit. So then I was home. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, they didn't sign me. So I was like, well, if another opportunity comes and someone's going to pay me then I'm going to take it. Yep. So um, there was actually this guy on Instagram who kept messaging me like an agent. 
Mm. And he was so annoying. Like I would not respond to this guy because I don't know. It's not normal. Yeah. 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 Like whatever. I'm with Um, you. you. Right. But he was so persistent, so persistent. So I just messaged him back and I was just like, okay, like what is this guy about? Like he's too persistent. I just to get him off my back. Yep. And then he ends up getting me to PSV. So I'm glad that I ended up responding (laughs) at some point. (laughs) So, so yeah, so, so that was great. So now I'm here and I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, It's certainly been weird with COVID. Like Mm -hmm. I've not been able to do everything that I originally thought I was going to be able to do because of lockdown and everything like that. But totally understandable. Let's get this thing under control. Right. I get that. I get that. Um, but yeah, it's certainly been interesting being here. Um, it's actually snowing today. So everyone is freaking out here because it doesn't snow that often here anymore. Really? But I'm not really freaking out because I'm from Connecticut and it right. snows in the summertime. Yeah. It summer. snows in the summertime. Out yeah. There. So, but yeah, it, it's fun. Everyone's like playing in the snow outside adults. Like it's just funny to see, but yeah, yeah so I'm here loving it. Um, I play for PSV, Eindhoven. That's like the full name. I didn't know that. So, yep. And it's been great. And I've just been learning a lot. Um, I've made a lot of great friends on the team, just a lot of knowledge and experience from a lot of the girls. So that's been really awesome. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just enjoying it. And yeah, I'm kind of living my dream at this point. So can only be thankful and, and continue to see, you know, where this leads. Yeah. So we, we spoke, uh, I think like a week or so ago before, and yeah. you said you you've coined the nickname there as the American girl. Uh, so everything that happens here in the U S they're, they're looking at you like, what, what, what's going on? How, how, what is explain it? So what's that been like having to be the uh, spokesperson for the United States for the last yeah. year and a half or so last well, year? Yeah. It's been funny because it's just funny because um, with a lot of the stuff that was happening with Trump, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, like, do you support Trump? Or like, is this really what it's like there? And I'm like, right. okay, well, like what, it, what you see, like, it is really what it's like there. Like, there are, like, really extreme people that are, like, hardcore Trump For supporters. sure. For sure. No, I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm sane. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think um, – it's been interesting just seeing everything happen from abroad, mm-hmm. like just not being in the States and, and seeing, you know, with all the election stuff and obviously the capital, the riot capital, yeah. the, the capital happening. And yeah, I'll just get a ton of questions like, Oh, like, is this what Americans are like? And, and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, no, but there's some, some of them. Are. Yeah. yeah uh, but they, but yeah. I'll get a lot of like, Oh my God, like this is what I view as like a classic American person is like the the Trump supporter, the farm guy. The, right. Yeah, right. like that. And I'm like, okay, there are parts that are like that. And there's nothing wrong with with that, that either. Yeah, but you no, know, we're not all like, yeah. like that. And I'm a spitting example of not being all right. like that. So, um, yeah, it's just been funny trying to be well not trying to be but just getting all these all these questions like oh how do you feel about it how's the election going and 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 
I don't, I won't feel that strongly that I know a lot about politics. So For it's sure. funny when they're coming at me with all these questions about like politics. I'm like, I don't even know, but like, here's, here's my opinion. Yeah. Take <laughs> so that for what it's that worth. what you want. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just funny, like being in another culture and seeing everything happen from because, afar, from afar, because yeah. the, I mean, everyone here is like, you guys are crazy. Like, <laughs> really though yeah. and i'm like i don't blame you at this point like from what i see as well like yeah i'm i'm here living in it and i can yeah. say that there's a lot yeah. of crazy people out it's, here yeah because it's just been so funny because like here we have like universal health care or everything mm -hmm. like that um but and they'll ask me about it. They're like, oh, so what's like healthcare like in the States? And I'm like, you don't want to know. Yeah. You pay, for that. Like in the you pay for that out of pocket. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting having those conversations, but it, it is pretty eye opening being over here and seeing everything that's happening. Um, yeah. in the States well, and being no, sorry, outside the bubble. Yeah. Not with like group think and stuff. Or you know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, I'm with yeah. you. Well, and, mm -hmm. and I think I was telling you, so I was in Miami a few years ago and uh, I, I was out, met up this guy who's German, right? Just mm -hmm. happened to be yeah. there. And he's talking to me like, oh yeah, I just came to the United States. This is my first time. I love Miami, you know, like yeah. enjoying everything that Miami has to offer. And yeah. he's like, I'm so I asked him like, yo, so what's, you know, what, what's your thoughts of, of us? Right. I'm trying to talk Bundesliga to him. And he's like, dude, I'm not a, I'm not a football fan. He oh, was like, sure. Right. I'm just like, well, this conversation just got a lot less interesting. Yeah. Um, but he's like, I'm like, so what do you think about the U S and he's like, yeah, I, I thought everyone had guns and they were just going to be shootouts everywhere. And I'm like, what the heck? He's like, yeah. do you have a gun? Have you ever shot one? And I was like, no, no, like what? No, I, you know, he's like, what, you know, what do I have to, where can I go? And I'm like, bro, you're, you're missing. I think you're missing the point of the, you know, of America. It's not to go find the gunshots. Uh, it's actually to kind of stay away from them. Yes. But that's, that's just my experience. Right. That's, uh, yeah, it's so that's funny. Me. And the food, everybody wants to talk about the food. Really? It's such bad food. Oh, yeah. How, like, how do you guys have all that terrible food? Everyone's so obese. And yeah. I'm just like, I know. Like, yeah, I don't know. McDonald's has a meal that's $6. So when you're broke, <laughs> <laughs> like. McDonald's is expensive here. Yeah, because it's probably healthy. <laughs> because all yeah. the crap here is not. <laughs> um, so, so Ellie, a, another thing that. I wanted to make sure I brought up was mental health. Right. And this is obviously a very, uh, it's a, it's a growing topic. Um, I had a podcast guest, Carrie, who has her and her friend Jeannie have a podcast butterfly road, uh, where they talk about mental health with athletes and they've had some great guests on there. So maybe you can check it out. Maybe you could be a guest. Uh, I, I happen to know the people so I can, I can set that up. Yeah. Uh, but no, um, so she was the first one to kind of bring it up and talk about what athletes were going through. And, and yeah. it's like eye opening because a lot of us normal people are like, wait, athletes don't have a perfect life. Everything doesn't work out for them. You're in the Netherlands playing. You're sponsored by Puma. What could you be upset? You know, and and it's this false narrative that gets put on athletes like you're superhuman. Yeah. So 
kind of talk to us about your experience with mental health. Uh, what have you learned from it? How do you cope with things? Let's hear it. Yeah. So I, in high, uh, not high school, in college, um, around my junior, well, really should have been my senior, but was my junior year. Um, I started experiencing severe anxiety, like debilitating anxiety, like did not get out of bed, could not get out of bed, um, depression and anxiety. Um, and it was difficult because I was like, wow, like my life is so great. Like yeah. I'm here at school, I'm on scholarship. All I do is play soccer. You know, I, I'm taking all the classes that I want to take. Right. Um, I have great friends. I have great family. And I was just like, what is going on that is leading to this point? Yeah. And like the whole athletic world can be very toxic. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I just experienced that, you know, in the way I experienced it. But, um, yeah, I think that the idea of, you know, no days off or, um, you sleep when you're dead. You sleep yeah. that type thing. Yeah. Like all of that type of, you know, go until you can't go anymore. Like there are moments for that, for but sure. like I started to take those, you know, ideologies and like apply them to my entire life. And that was so detrimental. Yeah, not, <laughs> not the, not the way. Yeah. Yeah. Not the way to go about it. So yeah, I. The following seconds contains information talking about death and suicide. Please listen with caution. If this may serve as a trigger for you, please skip 20 seconds to continue on with the conversation. Probably had like, specifically that I remember like three months where I literally couldn't get out of bed. Literally couldn't get out of bed. And all I thought about was death. Or not death, not necessarily killing myself, but that death would be better than this. Yeah. Um, so that was really scary and I'd never gone through anything like that before. Um, so I started going to see our, uh, like, uh, sports psych at school, which great that they offered it because I don't know what else I would have done if we didn't have right. that. And that's scary. Um, that's yeah. Scary and, yeah. uh, he helped me along the way. My entire family helped me along the way. My entire team, my coaching staff, they were so great. Like I had to be so vulnerable and be like, I don't know what's going on with me right now, but I can't do this. Like yeah. something's going on and I can't. And yeah, I think it's about really just as like for me personally, it was about finding the balance between like being an athlete and then being a human being because I was only an athlete mm-hmm. and I wasn't Ellie. I wasn't a daughter, You're a friend. You were Ellie the soccer player. Yes. Like Always. that was it. Yeah. Well, then and, it's, it's a work-life balance, just like with yeah. work, right? You've got to have a soccer life balance. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, once I had come out the other side, because there's always light at the end of the tunnel, even when you can't see it. But once I came out the other side, um, I had so much more of an appreciation for what I was doing. Because especially when you're in college and you're especially an athlete or involved in something, you kind of feel like a robot, like everything yeah. already scheduled for you. Yep. yep. You have to be here. Up. You have to be there. You have to be in class. Okay. Now I have to go to study hall. I have to, and you kind of just feel like you're just doing it and it's not even you. 
doing it or making the choices. And that's really what I didn't like. (laughs) But then, you know, coming out the other side and kind of just being mindful. And, you know, why was I doing this? Mm -hmm. Did I like doing it? Did I like playing soccer? Or was I just doing it because I was being told to do it? So I had to have a lot of, you know, reflections within myself and with my family, with my friends. Um, But like now I can say that I'm the happiest I've ever been. Um, but it, thank you, but it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of constant mindfulness. Am I doing this because I want to do it? Am I, am I doing this because I want to be here? Like there's, those are constant thoughts that I think about all the time, but it allows me to be so much more attentive and happy to be doing what I'm doing. Yep. Um, but yeah. And I like didn't know this was happening to anybody else when I was going through it. But then I would go to like my psych and he'd be like, oh yeah, everyone's going through this. Right. And I'm like, well, where are they? Like, <laughs> I need some help here. Up on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then it just shows how, I mean, how scared people are to, to talk about that. Talk well, about at it. that time, right. Obviously I, yeah. I think it's getting um, yeah. better and people are coming more comfortable, but mm-hmm. yeah, you, all these people are here and you're like, what? Who? Yeah. Like, everyone every- else is walking around looking fine yeah and i'm but like then did they think I'm that about you you know yeah. did they think that you were walking around looking fine and right. no one knew that you what you were going through exactly because i was trying to look fine like i wasn't trying to be vulnerable i wasn't trying to show a different side and and i feel like that's still hard for me sometimes yeah. but then i'm like reminding myself like it's okay like that's the bravest part about showing your emotions that's the, that's the bravest part about showing maybe when you're not feeling your best Cause yep. that's important maybe for someone else to see, but I mean, yeah, just in general, I, I, yeah. I mean, within the entire athletic community, we don't really talk about mental health and it's like such a big deal. <laughs> and it's, Agreed. it's all about like your body and your mind. Like that's, that involves your entire health to see how you perform on the field or wherever you're performing, right. you know? So yeah, I mean, I had my own struggles and I still have my own struggles Every day is not great, but most days are great now. So that's nice. Um, But yeah, I just hope that, you know, if you're not going, if you're going through a really rough time or if you have been, or maybe you don't know, but you're going to go through one, (laughs) um, that it's really important to talk about it. It's really important to speak out and that it's okay that you're feeling like that because I didn't think it was okay that I was feeling like that. I didn't think it was normal, but then think about it. It's like the most normal thing maybe that any of us right (laughs) right and so the stress i mean the stressors and pressure right especially for someone in your profession collegiate soccer right and here in the states we put obviously a very high emphasis on collegiate sports at the division one level so you've been part of that you're part of the youth national team you want to play professional right so it it would be crazy for us to think that you're doing all this and then smiling and life is perfect. It would be crazy for us to think that you could do all that and not struggle with something, not right. have a, a moment where you're like, Oh my goodness, what's, you know, and, and maybe it's just recharging for, you know, a few weeks, right. The yeah. season ends and you're like, okay, two weeks, I'm out of here, phone down, go somewhere, whatever, or it's getting close with family for, you know, whatever it is, but yeah. You're not perfect and we can't expect you to be perfect um, just because you're an athlete. 
right? Yeah. You're, you're a human being just like all of us. So yeah. you struggle just like all of us. Exactly. I still see a sports psych. So <laughs> there we go. Every two weeks. He's my favorite guy. But, now, is that one that PSV supplies or is it like Zoom with someone here in the uh, So PSV does have one, but actually the guy that I work with was the psych at Penn State. <laughs> He's now the psych at, um, at North Carolina. Okay. But he has professional athletes that he does as well. So I've decided to stick with him just because That's he's dope. so great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the pressure can be a lot. The the type of athletic mentality and attitude isn't real. Mm-hmm. And if it, if it is real, it's real in the, in that environment of training, but it's right. not real in life. Right. And you just have to learn how to separate that, but it takes time to learn how to separate that. It takes time to learn who you are, all your identities. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, it's a journey. Look, right. how many journeys am I on? But um, yeah, it's. I feel like it's just so important to talk about, and especially within the Black community, there there isn't a lot of focus on mental health, and it mm-hmm. is is just as prevalent, if not more, because of the struggles that we have. So yeah, for sure. So, well, think and it's you can't. It's important. You, I feel like you can't sort it all out until, like you said, you know who you are within self. So then you can associate soccer with this mindset, right? And then you can associate relationships with this mindset. And then you can associate whatever, just sitting on the couch with this mindset. But if you don't know who you are and everything's just jumbled together, it's like having a desktop with all of your files on it. And you're just like, oh, instead of having folders that you can put everything in and it's like, okay, I want to channel this thought. I want to channel this, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So, so Ellie, what's, what's next for you? Is there any chance that you come back to the States? Um, is there any sniffs for, for senior team call-ups for national team? Uh, what's, what's kind of in store for you? Or yeah, what would you so, like to be in store? Yeah. So I'm really just focusing like on enjoying where I'm at right now and mm-hmm. having the time and continuing to develop like on all aspects. Um, and yeah, of course I, I have the dream of playing for the senior women's team one day, who knows? Um, but yeah, I'm really just trying to make a career out of this. Yeah, And I think it's always been pretty difficult. Like unless you've been on the senior team to like have a career but I really want to try to have a career and, yeah. you know, and not have like the pinnacle of it be maybe the women's national team. Like I'm here playing for PSV. Who, know, who knows where I'm going to be next? But I really try, want to try to play for as long as I can, last for as long as I can, but enjoy this journey, continue to grow and develop and be the best player that I can be. Um, but really just to have a career and be in the moment. And if, the call up comes and I'll be ready. And that's kind of been my mindset at the moment, Yeah, but (laughs) we'll see. Um, but yeah, and I'm really enjoying where I am right now. Um, I like being overseas. I like seeing different cultures. It's so funny because I've made a lot of friends like in the youth national team and Uh just playing and like a lot of them are even over here as well. So it's it's so funny how like the world works because 
then I feel like, oh, well, maybe I don't have to go to the States. Like I have so many friends here. And yep. maybe if COVID wasn't as crazy, like I could go and see all of these people and explore with them. And right. so, yeah, I don't know when maybe I would go to the States. I think, you know, that'll it show now. itself with time. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying where I'm at right now. And and this challenge of being here and yeah. trying to figure out how good I can still get. So yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but we'll see. It's the future is unwritten. So there we go. I like that. Yeah. The future is unwritten. Um, now, while I think I was stalking your page, um, <laughs> you know, obviously, and <laughs> you're playing in the champions league, right? Although you were just, just knocked out, you're playing in the champions league. You played against Barcelona. Yeah, um, I can. I don't know a lot of the the players here in the states, but I can tell you a lot of them aren't playing mm -hmm. in those types of environments, right? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So I I think that's like super awesome. You're the second person I've talked to that's played in the Champions League, yeah. um, and I watched it. I mean, I watch it on TV as do as does Crazy, everybody. Right? So I know. Crazy. That's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. Yes. All right. So before we get into the final thoughts, I want to give a quick shout out for one of our uh, ad sponsors, AGY, a greater you. Um, AGY performance training. If you're a soccer player in the Kansas City area, elite or pre-elite, and you've got next level goals, AGY performance training should be on your radar. Over a dozen of MLS, NWSL, and USL pros trust AGY to get them ready for the grind that is professional soccer. Find them on Instagram at AGY Performance Training. Okay, so Ellie, we're back here. Um, I want to just end it with any final thoughts, anything that you want to leave the people with that has been burning in you that just you got to get out. Um. No, honestly, no. I would just say like from a, from being on this journey myself that it, it just takes time. And if you're not confident and ready yet to use your voice, how you see fit, then that's fine. Um, but it's your joint, your journey and, you know, however you want to identify and however you want to, you know, fit into society or not fit into society. Um, it's, it's on your time and, yeah. um, just do you because that's what's most important. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying where I'm at. I'm trying to use my voice as much as I can to, you know, help create change, but you know, I could be doing a thousand other things. So whatever, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you, because that's what's yeah. most important, right? Yeah. That's a, that's a good quote. That's what we're going to end it with. Do you? <laughs> Cause that's what's most important. Uh, so everyone, I want to thank you, uh, for, for listening, Ellie, huge. Thank you, uh, for, yeah. for us getting on here and recording this. I was super excited to, when you agreed to do this, um, we spoke and then I was like able to hear your story a bit. And I was like, yeah, this is perfect because we could relate. Uh, I could relate to a lot of this stuff that you're going through. Mm -hmm. Um, just because of my upbringing was, was fairly similar. Um, so Ellie, I'm going to bid you farewell. Uh, I'm going to bother you for a Jersey though. Uh, so whenever you come back to the States, I'll, I'll meet with you to, to come scoop that up. Of course. Uh, but 
Everyone, thank you for listening. It's been great. And we will catch you on the next episode of the No Stress Midwest podcast. Have a good one.